And a good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into WKYT Game Time, uh, brought to you each and every week by our good friends at Bluegrass Orthopedics, Dave Baker, along with Alex Walker here. As we're getting you set, FaceTime, uh, face, uh, Game Time, FaceTime, Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Right. Uh, we're getting you ready today uh, as we're going to take you down to Jacksonville here in just a few minutes. The NCA mandated news conferences. We're going to hear from the Kentucky players and then Coach John Calipari as the Cats easily handled uh, Abilene Christian last night, and they face a dangerous Wofford team. A Wofford team that was essentially, uh, it was a back and forth battle with Seton Hall. All of a sudden, Wofford went on a 17 nothing run. That happens. They do that. And to the people. guy that you need to know before we dive into the rest of the team is Fletcher McGee, last night setting the record for the all time threes record in Division I history. Fletcher McGee had seven threes last night, 24 points. He is a dangerous three-point threat against a Kentucky perimeter defense that isn't very good at stopping the three ball. Here you go. That, it's interesting that you say that, and we'll talk about this some more later. But, of course, uh, Scott Padgett, uh, yep. the former Wildcat great, is the coach at Birmingham Southern, saw a great piece online today. Uh, Rick Bozich over at WDRB talked to him. And Padgett said, McGee is their most outstanding player. Hoover's their best shooter but Cam Jackson is their most valuable player. Huh. So that's how he feels about this team. And uh, what did they want? 19, 21 in a row or something? 21 in a row. 21 in a row in the SoCon. The streak, so that's, that's right. Yep. So two of those wins came against Padgett and Samford. Uh, not at Birmingham Southern, but at Samford is Scott Padgett playing for Martin Newton, who's the AD there. Uh, Wofford beat Samford 107-106 in overtime. And then they won 85-64 on Samford's home court. So that's just what these dudes can do. Yeah, this is also a Wofford team that will not back down from a Kentucky team. They're battle-tested. No. They almost beat North Carolina in the season opener. They faced Mississippi State. So this is a team that, of the Power Five teams they faced, they've either faced them close or, right. or beat them. So and they this beat is a Car dangerous team. They beat Carolina last year yep. in Carolina. Not this year, but last year. Okay, so Kentucky coming off uh, Coming off that big win last night, you look at the shooting. The Wildcats 30 of 56 from the field, but their defense was the story as they held Abilene Christian to just 13 points at halftime. My favorite stat of this of this game is that Kentucky had as many rebounds, 44, as Abilene did points. Yeah, there you go. Obviously, you know we knew that Kentucky's bigs were with or without PJ, they were going to impose their will on Abilene Christian's big guys, and they did. Battling, you know, in the paint, getting mm -hmm. the rebound battle. Uh, one thing that was a little, you know, iffy was you wanted to see Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery really, really overpower Abilene Christian. You didn't quite see that. So they need to make a much bigger stride on Saturday against Wofford to give the fan base a little more confidence if P.J. can't play. Right. And, and John Calipari addressed that last night. And, you know, obviously he knows what's going on, but I would have to agree. You see a guy last night that is in a hard cast you can't imagine a scenario where they're going to take that cast off today and that he plays tomorrow. It's, it's amazing how quickly this story has escalated, right? I mean, initially it was, oh, walking boot, fine. Then it's cast. And then you see him rolling in on this contraption that he doesn't want to put any weight on his foot. So it's just kind of escalated from here on out. Um, he's not going to play against Wofford, but moving forward, uh, it's, a, it's the, one of the, if not biggest, storylines of the NCAA tournament. Kentucky's one of the favorites to win this thing. And without PJ, mm -hmm. are they still at that elite level? You know, are they still at that level to beat the Carolinas, the, the Virginias, the Gonzagas? We'll have to see. Strange things have happened, but, but again, the way Cal does it, if you can't practice, you can't play, and you got a guy that's rolling himself in, as you mentioned last night on the contraption, I, I just don't see a scenario where he's, but, but we'll see. The one thing I didn't notice last night, though, about P.J., yep. 
is his body language was was at least positive. I mean, you know, he seemed like he was in good spirits on the sidelines. He was very engaged, very involved with the, with the game planning and the team. So at least you know he's in, he's, he's engaged. You know, if, yeah, you know, I don't want to read too much into body language, but at least he was being positive last night and, and at least coaching EJ and right. making some of those big guys on the sideline. And I haven't talked to the fellas. But I'm guessing he was not available for any interviews after the game last night. He wasn't, and people were. Um, I bet they a were a little upset about that because typically everybody's available no matter right. what. But PJ was not available to speak to the media last night, so we don't really have any answers from his perspective quite and yet. And I would guess he will not be available to talk to people today either. No, that is, is that what is what my guess would be. Okay, so what we're doing right now is uh, actually these news conferences were scheduled to have begun at 3:10, I believe, and. Uh, so that should be taking place just any second. What we do is we get that satellite feed from the NCA like anybody else. And as soon as that starts, uh, we will, in fact, uh, go there to you. I don't know if you're monitoring the fellow. Oh, there we go. Just as we say that, there you see Emmanuel quickly, Jamal Baker there on the left, and Nick Richards on the right. So let's head down to Jacksonville for the news conference for the Wildcat players. In uh, 15 minutes or so. I'll start off then. First impressions of this Wofford team. Did you guys watch the game yesterday? What do you think of the Terriers? <laughs> Any, anybody, go ahead. I mean, I didn't watch the game, but um, I know they can shoot the ball really well, and uh, I just know we have to guard the three in order to win the game. Anybody else? Any other thoughts on Wofford, first uh, thoughts? Yeah, I watched a little bit at the end of the game yesterday. Uh, from what we know, they're a really good three-point shooting team, so that's probably going to be the main focus of what we do. Let's start off with questions from the right side over here. Hey, Nick, Adam Zagoria, New York Times. How you doing, man? I got a nice, easy question for you. Um, Coach Cal has obviously recruited New Jersey really well in recent years. You, Carl Towns, Isaiah. He's got Khalil Whitney coming next year. What does that say about the talent level in New Jersey, Nick, and uh, – have you, have you given Khalil any kind of words of wisdom about coming to Kentucky? I mean, I played with Khalil in high school. Uh, I played against him a couple times. So he's pretty athletic, pretty aggressive dude. Um, you know, New Jersey overall in basketball is, is kind of taken over from, from the tri-state area. You know, you could probably say the high school league and from the tri-state area is, from, is, is New Jersey basketball. That's where all the best teams are. That's where all the best athletes are. Let's go on the... Uh, honestly, you know, I think just the overall recruiting that Coach has done throughout the whole entire country, not just New Jersey, has been really great. Um, he knows what he wants. Um, he recruits good players. He, and he gets the players that he wants. Let's go on the front left. Yes, sir. Um, my lot TV, uh, FAMU TV 20 News. This question is for Emmanuel. Um, how uh, you are a five-star recruit? Uh, how different is this stage playing in a tournament? Is it more pressure for you? You know, how how are you taking it? Uh, no, I don't really see it as pressure. I played in uh, some pretty big games throughout my whole life. Uh, McDonald's game was pretty big. Uh, state championships. I mean, NCAA tournament doesn't compare to, like a state championship, but uh, you know, I've been prepared for this my whole life, and it's been a great part or a great time being a part of this. Other questions? Raise your hand. We'll get a microphone to you. Let's go in the aisle in the middle, please. We'll get up to you next, Gene. Uh, this could be for either one of you guys. Uh, when the bracket was released on Sunday and you saw that Wofford was a potential round of 32 matchup, what was your reaction when you saw it? I didn't really have a reaction. 
It's our job to get out on the floor and play as hard as we can and uh, win no matter who we're stepping against. And that's what you have to do to win a national championship. So um, the teams that we saw, that didn't really matter to me. Let's go on the right side here, please. Uh, for, uh, Gene Frenette from the Florida Times Union here in Jacksonville. Uh, for any one of you who care to answer it, whatever, what limited film you may have watched so far on Wofford, just wanted to get your impressions of Fletcher McGee and whether you've seen a three-point shooter who is, seems to be so willing to contort his body to get tough shots on the smallest of openings and, and, and make them with really an uncommon regularity, what, 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 you, what your thoughts are when you see him. Uh, I think what makes him such a, a good shooter is he has a lot of confidence. He also has a, a really green light. So uh, when you got that green light, you know, you, you're going to make some and you're going to miss some. And, and he lives with it. He's a really good player. And uh, we just got to be ready for all that. Questions? Raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. Uh, in the very back, please. Brian Milam, WKYT in Lexington. Early on in the year, the three-point defense was not one of your all's best things that you guys had. Was there a moment this year where the defense really started to click because Cal was really tough on you guys the first month or so? I think throughout the year, we just had to focus on the little details of like getting through screens and things like that. And uh, they emphasized defending a three the whole year. So in order to, they just told us in order to win games, we're going to have to really buckle down and uh, be able to defend the three because there's a lot of teams that can shoot the three. Other questions? Raise your hand. We'll get a microphone your way. We've got a few minutes left for the guys here. Uh, here on the aisle, please. We'll come in your way. John Huang, Normal Media. This is for Emmanuel and for Nick. Uh, you guys, ever since Jamal showed up on campus, we've been told that he's one of the greatest shooters in the history of mankind. Can you really describe to us how great he is? Uh, great question. Um, Jamal's a great player. Uh, not only is a shooter, he locks up on defense. Uh, he's a really good teammate. Uh, he's my roommate, so he's even a better person. Uh, but, you know, what he does for our team is great, and he's going to continue to do great things for our team. Any more questions? We have a little more time left. Any final questions? Uh, right here on the third row, please. Coming your way. Aaron Gershon, I see a blue. Nick, Wofford doesn't start anyone that's taller than 6'9". How big of an advantage is that for you, EJ, and um, Reed? Uh, that's a really good advantage for us. Um, you know, they're not even as athletic as all three of us. Um, they're bigs that they're really skilled around the basket. They know how to move on the floor. So, but we're, we're just better than them overall, I think. So, it's, you know, it's all the advantages our way, in my opinion. Any other questions? All right, guys, thanks a lot. Good luck to you. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so there you see the Kentucky players. I put the over-under on that at five minutes. It actually went about 535. Um, because what happens at those deals is that at the same time those players are up there, the locker room is open. Yep. So people like our crew, we, Lee K. Howard would have been in the locker room. You heard Brian Milam ask a question uh, there as well, and that's what most people did, and I'm sure they probably hightailed it back there to not only talk to the – it, you, you know, Cal's pretty good about this stuff now, right? Okay. Uh -huh. So what's the strength of Wofford, right? It's their outside game, right? right? Okay. So you bring the guard that you play the least into the interview room. 
you know, yeah, right? Yeah. Along with two guys that play more inside or on the wing. So I'm sure he doesn't want anybody to inadvertently give anybody any bulletin board material or anything. And Nick might have slipped something there. I don't know. But Nick was talking about the, uh, the bigs. And it's the second straight game where UK has a significant size mm -hmm. advantage an athletic advantage. Uh, we didn't really see Nick and EJ overpower Abilene Christian, which was slightly concerning. But I think they'll rise to the challenge on Saturday against Wofford. I think he said something about their athleticism comparing sure. the two. But, it's, uh, it's only an advantage if you make it an advantage. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing to keep in mind here for, for one of these deals. So as, as he rolls along and as those guys roll along, I mean, he, here's the thing. We understand that Wofford can shoot the basketball. Yep. I mean, there's no question. We understand that they're tested against other people. But the one thing that I think the Kentucky guards can do, and, and I think the bigs can do it as well. Okay, so you can go about this thing a couple of different ways, right? You can go ahead and you can try to deny somebody the ball because if they don't have it, they can't shoot it. Yep. You can just get up and guard them. Or you can take your own offense and your own advantage and get some people in foul trouble yep. because they can't make a bunch of threes if they're not on the court. Correct. You have that depth. To, right. you, know, you, you got five fouls, you got five fouls, you got five mm -hmm. fouls. That's certainly an advantage. Make them beat you at the free throw line versus the three-point line. Uh, one of the things I picked up from that press conference, you saw Jamal when Brian asked about, you guys aren't one of the best three-point, you know, defending right. teams in the country. You guys have certainly improved over the course of the year, yeah, but absolutely have. what have you concentrated on? What have you buckled down on in practice to, to improve in that way? And he said, it's just the details. It's, it's fighting through the screens. It's just paying attention. One thing they're going to have to pay attention to on Saturday, Fletcher McGee, watch him. He's one of the best shooters in the country. With His pump fake is, is incredible, and Seton Hall bit for it way too many times last night, and he torched them. So for UK, they're going to see in, in the tape don't bite on the pump fake. Stay ground, stay steady, and, and hopefully that'll keep Fletcher at least grounded. If you can keep him to 20, mm -hmm. 22 points, that's probably what you're going to get. Okay, here, here's the thing that concerns you so much as we wait for John Calipari, who's scheduled to be up here just any time now. Wofford takes nearly 44% of its field goal attempts from outside the three-point line. That's according to Ken Palm. And why is that concerning? Because Wofford is second in the nation in three-point shooting making 42% of their three-point shots. So if 44% of your shots are threes and you're making 42% of them, that's pretty good. Yeah, the teams that have played well against Kentucky this year, if you think about that Alabama game, why did they beat them? They made, what, 13, 14 threes. Auburn didn't beat them, but they also are a similar team. It's, it's almost like Wofford's Auburn, but just not as athletic. But this is one of those teams, uh, Wofford, if you took Wofford's name off their jersey and let's say put like TCU on it or something, you'd right. be like, oh man, Wofford's really good. Don't don't get stuck up on the name. And I know John Calipari is stressing that to his players. Don't think of it as this Wofford. Who's Wofford? Who are the Terry? This team is legitimate, and they have, and they should be there. They're a seven seed for a reason. Oh yeah, and they played a very challenging schedule, and that's going to be part of what the deal is for the Wildcats tomorrow as they take on Wofford. Again, you can see that game right here on WKYT. It'll be the second of four that you'll see here tomorrow. Uh, Tip-off is at approximately 2.40 p.m. Uh, they take it 25 minutes after the conclusion uh, of game one that's there, so you'll be able to see that uh, right here as well. And people are on Facebook are actually, in case you guys are just joining us now, asking for, for some more updates on, on PJ's status moving forward. All we know at this point is that he's still in that cast. John Calipari said last night that, look, you know, we're going to take the cast off, see how the healing is, but I, I would not count on him for Saturday against Wofford. And then moving forward, I think his status for the time being 
is up in the air, but all we know is that he still has that hard cast on and they're just being very, very precautionary. Right, and I think at this point in time, you got to plan on the fact that he's not going to be there yeah. because, you know, I'm, I'm no medical person, but you look at the visual and somebody that's got a hard cast on, I just don't think it's likely that they get that they're thing taken off. They're not playing in 20, yeah, he's not going to play in 24 hours. I wouldn't think so. Let's see, last night, Wofford, 26 out of 54 from the field. They were 13 of 28 from outside the three-point line, 19 of 23 from the free throw line for 84 points. Now, you know, listen, I, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what, what their what their strategy is. Mike Young has done a great job. He's kind of a kind of a lifer there. Um, he loves coaching and he coaches. And I'm sure he does well at Wofford, but he can probably coach because his wife is like a partner in Price Waterhouse Coopers. <laughs> so you know, he can he can get that coach's salary. But in any event, you know, yeah, they score some points. And, and maybe they're just going to give up certain baskets and not mm -hmm. get their guys in foul trouble. And that's why you see their scores a lot of times, not only because of the three-point shooting, but because, you know, okay, fine. You, you're going to make some baskets, but that's okay. Our guys are going to stay on the floor, and we're going to make baskets too. If Kentucky, uh, you know, if, if this becomes a sort of game where it's a run-and-gun, a very high-tempo style of play, uh, you got to count on Keldon producing like he did last night. I mean, sure. you had 25 points. You need Keldon to produce. You need more than 14 from Tyler Hero. He didn't make a single three. They didn't need it against Abilene Christian. But, but he moving, was 7 to 12 from the field. Yeah, which is which is which right. was efficient. He looked smooth. He looked comfortable. A lot of times you watch these freshmen. Do they look comfortable? Keldon certainly did. Tyler certainly did. Reed, uh, he's been there for a while, but it was his NCAA tournament debut as well. He never played in the tournament at Stanford. Uh, they're going to have to produce and. You, you want to see an unlikely performance, too. Maybe Emmanuel quickly producing 12 points off the bench. Maybe you see Jamal coming and hit a couple buckets. But if PJ's not here for the time being in the foreseeable future, once this is an Abilene Christian anymore. This is a time where you really need to see some performances from guys that maybe sit on the bench a little more than start. You, you can't be upside down in terms of key stats as well. And the Cats had 10 assists, 12 turnovers last night. you you got to have, you know, usually twice the amount of assists that you do turnovers they only had one block shot last night and and just five steals while Abilene Christian had nine steals so you know first game everything you don't know how everybody's mm -hmm. gonna react to the whole PJ thing and all that but I, I mean they've got to tighten it up and and the, you know I, I understand it's basketball but you better have that chin strap on tight tomorrow because this is this is gonna be a test and mm -hmm. you know Cal says everybody's got something to play for in this tournament well, I think he's wrong in this standpoint. I mean, these dudes are <laughs> yeah. playing with house money. They are. Uh, let's quickly take a look around the rest of the NCAA tournament. Uh, look, I don't want to put any pressure on for those of you that no, pick Virginia. No, absolutely but not. Virginia is already down six to the 16 seed Gardner Webb. It won't happen two years ago. How much time? You never know. There's still 12 minutes left in the first half. That's but, all right. That's all right. Uh, other games in action right now Gardner Webb over Virginia, 12 to 6. Uh, the game currently on WKYT right now, Tennessee. They lead Colgate 26 18 in Columbus. The first game of the day in Columbus, we saw Iowa mm -hmm. come all the way back to beat Cincinnati. Mick Cronin once again an early exit in the big dance. And the Big Ten is now 6 and 0. In the tournament, the SEC is four and one. They went four and zero yesterday with LSU, Auburn winning, Florida winning, Kentucky winning, and then today Ole Miss gets blown out by Oklahoma. So Kermit Davis, a great year, but an early exit. But so those are some of the early scores. Texas Tech sure. up 66-50 over Northern Kentucky, the fourth and final Kentucky team to be playing their first round game. UC Irvine up 42-39 over Kansas State. 
I know you had Kansas State going deep before Dean Wade was injured. Right, so right, the right. Anteaters are up three there. A couple, couple of things before I forget uh, some news in the SEC before John yep. Calipari comes up in just a little bit. Uh, Bryce Drew at the end of his third season uh, was fired as the head coach down at Vanderbilt today. I think they ended up losing their last 19. First time in 65 years that they had gone winless. David Williams, the athletics director who had hired him, retired in December and then tragically passed away just a few weeks later. New AD comes in and he decides he's going to make a move. So Bryce Drew is out after three years. And surprisingly, Avery Johnson, who came yeah. to Alabama, all ballyhooed from the NBA and everything, uh, this the end of his fourth season. He and athletics director Greg Byrne, who was one of Mitch Barnhart's assistants here, they met the other night after the regular season finale. Then I think they lost at home to who, Norfolk or something like that? In the yeah, they lost to Norfolk State in Norfolk the NIT. State. They were 17-point right. favorites and lost that game. And so they are now negotiating a buyout. Everybody says that's going to be a done deal. But let's go to Jacksonville now for UK head coach John Calipari. We'll go to you next. Gary Smith, Florida Times Union. Uh, John, the SEC went 4-0 yesterday. Kentucky, or um, Tennessee, looks like it's going to win right now. The only loss right now is Ole Miss, and Mississippi State's playing tonight. Did but Ole Miss lose? Yeah, they what did. What was the score? Yeah, not real good. But the SEC has won five out of six games so far. So could you comment on the state of the conference in this tournament so far? Um... Well, we had so many close games in our league, um, games that were down to the last two minutes. Um, and, um, you know, it, it just toughened every team up. And so, like, you're looking at a bunch of teams that have walked in and they're good. Our league is really good. We got seven teams, probably should have had eight. Um, you know, when you see it, and I'm, I'm disappointed for uh, – Mississippi, because they had a heck of a year. I mean, uh, they they literally had a heck of a year, and I don't know why that would have happened. I mean, terrific guards and athletes, and um, but uh, and then Mississippi State's got to play tonight. Who do they play? Uh, Liberty. Liberty. Mm -hmm. They're good too. Go here on the right side, please. John, Gene, Gene Fournette from the Florida Times Union. As you watch film on Wofford last night, uh, not just about their three-point shooting overall as a team, but uh, Fletcher McGee in particular, could you talk a little bit about how he seems to not even be phased about contorting his body to take shots that probably other players wouldn't be comfortable taking? And is there anybody that he reminds you of in any way? Well, first of all, you, you got to give it to Coach Young. Um, who says, you have the green light, now respect it, and I'm going to take some of these because I know you're going to make some. Then I heard that he is absolutely in the gym, hours on end, shooting those shots that you're talking about, that he's in that gym, which is why the coach says, all the time you're in there and that's the t shots you're taking, you deserve to be able to do it in a game. You know, you try to tell a young team like mine, this isn't football, it's not a touchdown. So don't foul. Make it hard. He's still going to make some of them. Make it difficult for 40 minutes. He's still going to make some of them. Um, and, um, you know, when I watched the tape last night, the tapes, and this morning, um, just a well-coached, offensively, they do what they need to do to win, and they play in a way that they 
have to play their dribble handoffs. I mean, Jackson, from I watched the game early in the year, and then I watch him now, so much better. Um, they said Nick was in there saying that they're, our bigs are quicker than, what are you doing, Nick? I mean, but, but that's okay because, like, if you speak, now what? You back it up. So I love his confidence. Now I want to watch you do it. Now get out there and do it if you, you think that. Um, and I want Nick to be more confident, not like that, but on the court, more confident. So let's get a mic, Gene. I'm sorry. Thank you. The, the follow-up, does, he re, does uh, Fletcher McGee remind you of any other three-point sh type of shooter? You know who I saw in him and how he played? I thought, and the closest I could get to him is how I used to play, which I used to just shoot every ball like that. And I thought, you know, I, could, I saw myself doing those kind of things, and I know I was rated the 41st. There were 40 college coaches better than me. as a, I, I'll go one-on-one -on -one right now. Let's go. You got guys older than me. They said they were better than. Come on. Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's go front and left here. How coach, you doing, Coach? You over here. Um, I'm on lot, fam. UTV 20 News. Um, uh, Reed Travis had 18 points, nine rebounds uh, yesterday. We talked about Nick Richards as well. Came off the bench, eight points, four rebounds. How big are those two guys going to be in the matchup? Tomorrow? How about how about EJ had 11 rebounds? Wow. You know, I mean, yeah. he played well. And it's another game that we're going to have to do that. But look, they've got athletes at the four position, and that's if I'm calling Jackson a five, which I don't know if he is, um, that really are long and active and go after it. Um, they've got their four or five guards who are, you know, one, twos, and threes, and they got five of them um, that score. A couple of them drive a little bit better. A couple of them shoot. Um, but they're going to take 25, 26 threes in this game. I don't care what we do. They're going to take them. And if they're spinning in the air and they're going in, it's a tough night. I just don't want us to foul them. And so contest. Now, the one thing that we do have is we're long. So we can contest without fouling because of our length. But, again, they've just, you know, the year. I called this. I knew we'd be playing this these team, and my team knew. And, uh, you know, because I told them before, we would be playing Wofford because you and I know how hard this game will be, especially with P.J. out, how hard a game it'll be for us. Um, I don't think there's any, like, we're a favorite. I mean, come on now. I mean, this team is legitimate in every form and fashion, including defense, including toughness, including veteran play. Yesterday we started four freshmen. So... Next question on the right, please. John, you said PJ out there. Do you, is that official, and do you have any other update on that? Yeah, I, I just can't imagine. You know, they, what, what they're going to do at some point is cut the cast off and say, okay, how, they just felt it would heal faster. I know all this, there's con conspiracy. I'm telling you, it was negative in every X-ray, MRI. We even did an RIM. I mean, it, it's, there's, it's, the sprain, but we just, you know, and, and you guys that know me know that I'm overly cautious because it's these kids' careers, and I get it, and and um, I know this, he really wants to play, but I also want to feel comfortable that if he gets on the court, 
um, that there's no nothing he can do to himself, and, and the doctors have pretty much said that. So it's just, okay, when is it healed enough that he can go? Let's go here in the middle on the right side. Hey, Coach, Adam Zagoria, New York Times. Obviously, your biggest priority here is Wofford, but you also put a lot of guys in the NBA, and you've made that a priority. How much can guys like uh, Keldon and Tyler help themselves going forward by playing well in this tournament? And, yeah. and have you ever had a guy really kind of help his stock with a big NCAA they, tournament? Well, they, I've had a bunch of guys do that. But it's not just our guys. It's everybody. They, these kids are all being evaluated this three-week period. Believe me when I tell you, it overrides anything that they've that's happened all, all summer. I can remember um, the kid... I think it was the key. he was played for Gary Williams at Maryland, and he wasn't thought of as a player that was going pro. And he went on an unbelievable run in this. In the, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, um, in the NCAA tournament, and he ends up being a top ten pick. And he wasn't a guy that was even on the board that they were, you know, thinking about. And I just say this to you know for all these kids, and that's why I respect these kids because not only is the tournament there, the national championship there their own being and their own family and all the stuff that these 19, my guys are 19 year olds, have to deal with. I tell them, my guys, I tell them all the time, I respect you guys so much. And then you, you, you have like social media and you have the clutter and you have the lists and you have all the other stuff and they gotta block all that out and play. And it's not for funsies, it's for real. And so, you know, that's why this tournament is what it is, you just don't know. And you can't, you want to say, well, we know that team's, you don't know, you, this is hard for these kids. Let's go in the aisle here and we'll go here next. Hi, John, John Huang, NOLA Media. You didn't complain quite as much this year when the brackets first came out. And now CBS has given you two relatively decent start times. Do you think that the paranoia of uh, the world against John Calipari may have been ratcheted down a little bit this year? I just say, is it paranoia if you turn around and a guy's chasing you and you can see the knife? I'm not sure that's paranoia. You just run like hell. Um, I'm not, I never, I, I've never, that's not true. Um, I, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I think as I get older, I could care less. My give a meter is just don't care and we go on and do what we do and the crazy thing is it's never really had an effect on me my programs it just hasn't and maybe they figured out eh, let, forget about him we're not hurting him let's go hurt somebody else I don't know I mean it's but pretty dumb question though John We've got about five minutes left. Let's go on the far left, third row. Yes, sir. Uh, Coach Sean Bowdy, Wave 3. Yesterday, or, yeah, yesterday you were talking about dealing with injuries and especially a short bench. And with a game in such, I guess, quick turnaround like, like it is now, you mentioned conditioning and how important that is. How much of an advantage do you think that is for your team, especially with a game with such short turnaround? Well, anytime you're trying to play eight guys, it's really dangerous. You know, anything happens, you're down to seven. Another thing happens, you're down to six. What if the six are not the right six? 
So it's really dangerous what we're doing, and it could come back to bite us, but guess what? We have no choice. I tried to trade for some guys, and we just couldn't get any bites, so we, this is who we have. And um, like today, we went pretty hard and really got them to focus, and I was on some guys because I thought they weren't the energy they needed. Uh, they didn't have them, and the reason is you got to fall back on your training. You, you play to your training, and if you've trained right, you can do that for 40 minutes. And this thing's about playing for 40 minutes, staying focused, staying engaged for 40 minutes of basketball when the other team's trying to do the same thing. And then you may play a team that shoots 25 threes and shoots some of the worst threes and they go in. That could demoralize you. And then all of a sudden you're looking and they're back cutting and they're coming off dribble handoffs and they're making, it is what it is. I mean, at this time, how can you stay focused on us? And, and I know how good, you know, Wofford is. I know. I've watched them. And I know their league, their league, their top four teams in that league. I hate to tell you, they all four should have been in the NCAA tournament when you think about who was in their league. Um, but Coach Young, the job he's done with this team, he's been there 17 years. And to put this together and have this, he's a seventh seed. And to come from um, outside to power five, and be a seven seed, that's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. Let's go here in the middle, please. Third from the back. Coach, just in terms of recruiting, had you ever heard or seen of John Morant on the summer circuit or anything? And when, when's the first time you uh, kind of became aware of him? Because he obviously kind of you know, snuck through the cracks there. Um, I hadn't, but um, you know, I'm not like I was as an assistant where I knew every player and I'm, I don't, I know who we're recruiting. Um, and so, no, I didn't, but you know, what a run he's having and how good is that for Murray? And I don't know if you know the story that he committed to Murray and when everybody figured out how good he was, some other power fives tried to jump in there and say, we're offering you a scholarship. And he says, nope, I'm going right to these people. They were there. They've been there from the beginning. And what a great story, and what a great thing for Murray. And, um, you know, it's, uh, he's a terrific player now. Whew. Got time for two more. Let's go at the very back standing up. Uh, John, you mentioned uh, a team could take a lot of the worst threes you've ever seen, and they go in and it demoralizes. Not, they, if they take 25, there'll be about four of those, maybe five, that you say, wow. And then I hear he practices them. <laughs> That's, he, he does. So how bad is it? if it's a practice shot. I had Jamal Murray who used to shoot left-handed falling down. Why would you do that? Because I can make it. And I think this kid's exactly the same way. Why did you take that? Because I thought it was going in. I mean, I don't think he shoots one shot that he didn't think he's making. So is it a bad shot? Maybe you think so, but in his mind, he doesn't. And you know who else doesn't think it's a bad shot? His coach. Where was play? he when I was playing? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Coach. Let's go in the aisle here, please. We'll make this our final question. John, one of the reasons we love you so much is because oh, yeah. of all yeah, the... Just love me. The, the love buzzwords. Everybody here love me? <laughs> all the buzzwords and the catchphrases that you throw out to us during the course of the year. One I've really been intrigued by is the idea of the players conquering themselves. Uh, 
that almost sounds spiritual. Where does that come from, and how do you think the players have done in terms of conquering themselves this year? Um, before you can conquer someone else, you got to conquer yourself. And I say it all the time. A lot of it means conditioning. A lot of it means pushing through comfort. Um, a lot of it means don't drink that poison when you're flattered. You're so good. You should be taking more shots. You're better than so-and-so. Why aren't you shooting? When he shoots, he's fine. When you shoot, you come out if you miss. Do you drink that poison? Because if you drink that poison, you can never conquer yourself because you already have built-in excuses. And so for these kids to conquer themselves, to be in the best physical and mental condition in their lives, to master their craft. Are you in the gym? Are you mastering your craft? Well, I should be able to miss five straight shots. No, you shouldn't, especially if they're open. They just talked about Villanova making seven of eight uncontested shots. That's why they won. They were uncontested. Well, when we're uncontested, we think we should be able to, well, I don't have to make every one. Well, how about making almost all of the uncontested ones and miss some others? All that conquering you, knowing that you're responsible for yourself, knowing you own your performance, you own that. That's conquering yourself. And if you can't conquer yourself, you're not conquering anybody else. And we, as a young team all the time, that's you got to be able to understand you're not in great shape. You're not focused right now. You're not engaged right now because it's really hard to be that guy. But that's where you conquer yourself. So, yes, we're, there's a lot of stuff that we have to give these kids to think about because it uh, moves pretty fast around here. Coach, thank you very much. Good luck to you. Okay, so there you go. John Calipari and the players. Uh, he's a little different than Nick Saban. He talks about rat poison, and Cal talks <laughs> uh, about yeah. drinking the poison, right? Yeah, yeah. That, he was very uh, – Swaggy Cal. Calipari press conferences. When, it's, when you see Swaggy Cal, you know he's in a good mood. Uh, and He feels good about his team going into that Wofford matchup on Saturday. Okay, got a lot more to go. We have got our crew down in Jacksonville. They'll get, begin reports in just 15 minutes from now. You'll be hearing from Alex later as well as Lee Kay and with Brian. And so we look forward to seeing you at 4. Remember the game right here on WKYT tomorrow afternoon beginning at 2.40. A live edition of Wildcat warm-up at 11.30 before NCAA action begins. For Alex Walker, I'm Dave Baker. Thanks for being with us. So long, everybody.